Hi, welcome to the Not Your Average Life Coach podcast. My name is Kay Wilson and I'm a self-empowerment coach and intuitive energy healer. And I am obsessed with helping you step into the most powerful version of yourself. If you are ready to overcome your self-doubt, transform your relationship with love, money and self-worth and start creating the future you that you have always dreamed of becoming, you're in the right place. My desire with this podcast is to help you transform the relationship you have with yourself by sharing with you tools and perspectives that will help you actualize the life you have dreamed of creating. Treat this podcast as your own personal treasure trove of rich ideas, practices and teachings that will transform your day-to-day experience. Joining me is the magnificent Kaz, who as a client of mine has experienced firsthand the effect empowerment energy work and mindset reframing can have on your life. Hi guys, I first came to Kay a few years ago and at the time I needed to make some serious changes in my life. I had just come out of a bad relationship, I was managing a business with a team of over 150 people and I needed to make some changes that I didn't have the tools or capacity for. Working with Kay has been the catalyst I've needed. Since meeting Kay, my whole world has opened up personally, professionally and emotionally. I'm now happily married with a new perspective on life, and I'm excited to see what she can do for you. So today we're going to talk about intimacy, rather what is intimacy, aren't we, Kaz? We sure are. Mm. Interesting topic, largely because from what I've seen with most people, even friends as well as clients, a lot of people think intimacy is just about sex. And yeah, I just feel that actually there's a lot more to that. And that's what we want to kind of talk about today is a bit more of what the emotional and energetic experience is around intimacy and, and actually why we think it's so much to do with sex. That's where my mind went first, if I'm being really honest, when we put this topic together and I don't know why my mind went to that straight away but when we went through the talking points I realized okay it isn't just about sex it's about a whole host of things so this is a really good topic yeah that's mainly what people consider intimacy to be and it's it's more about physical proximity than actual communication Mm -hmm. and what I have perceived and come to understand as intimacy is actually more about feeling safe, expressing my vulnerability in a space that I emotionally won't be attacked in. So when I say feeling safe, I, I don't mean just physically, I mean mentally and emotionally. And yeah, when you can sit with your partner, not even just your partner, actually, with your partner, a friend, and a family member, like your mom, your dad, your brother, sister, whatever that might look like. And actually just honestly talk about how you feel from your heart and feel heard, received, seen. Then you are able to actually experience what I think is true intimacy. So I think a lot of the reason that people jump to sex is because that's perceived as being the closest we get you know what do you think Kaz? Mm. No I think that well, intimacy comes in so many forms but it can be physical emotional um, but when I think of intimacy now on reflection I think of 
the people that I'm closest to are probably the ones that I can be really honest um, with and feel really heard and understood and vice versa. So um, it's not just intimacy with our partners, which is probably where my mind went first. It's Mm. with others as well. Um, So I think it's really interesting. It's not just uh, to do with um, sex. It's it's, um, connection. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully put actually. Yeah. It's, um, feeling that you can express yourself and not be attacked. You know, so many people actually listening is such a challenge for so many of us. And I can be guilty of this too. My husband will agree (laughs) that, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful gift to listen to someone. And yeah, I think that we have this innate desire to prove ourselves or to please a person so much so that we feel compromised in being able to simply let them speak. And the, some of the most powerful healing I've done actually, cause my husband and I, my husband has been the source of a lot of my growth. And we actually saw a counselor years ago when our relationship was not in a great space, when I actually believed that intimacy was sex. That's what I thought it was. So much so that I actually at that point was a bit of a sex fiend because I, and I only realized this years later. And it was because I believed that by having sex with my husband, that was my way of feeling connected to him. I had his one-to-one attention in that moment. There was no phones, there was no friends, there was nothing else. And so it kind of, I felt seen and I felt connected. And and that was my only means to that at that time. And actually, yeah, we saw a counselor at one point and she actually gave us a technique that I actually share with my clients now, which I think is really powerful. And it was basically that one of us sits on the sofa normally and then the other one lies across it with their head in uh, their partner's lap looking up at them and speaking to them about whatever is on their heart or mind and the person sitting just listens 20 minutes one person the person lying down looking up just talks expresses themselves honestly the person sitting does nothing but listen and also try not to like grunt as in in agreement or laugh definitely don't laugh at them you know like really and what and it's challenging you know and then after 20 minutes you swap so the person sitting becomes the person lying and but what that it was a really powerful process because I really felt that powerful discomfort in the moment where I ran out of words and my husband was looking at or not he wasn't my husband at that point my boyfriend was looking at me and I felt open and vulnerable. And all I'm wondering is, does he agree with me? Does he not agree with me? Does he like what I said? Does he not like what he said? Oh, and I'm desperately trying to read his face and, you know, presume to, or making assumptions rather about what he is thinking or feeling and everything inside of me is going all squiffy. And then he's not saying anything because we've still got 10 minutes to go. And so I've got to sit in this place. Yeah, 20 minutes is a long time. It's a long time. Yeah. And so, yeah, I just had to kind of move through that discomfort and own my vulnerability, which was the gold in the experience, to be honest. And what happens is that you end up just being super honest. 
and and then the other person is and you often find whoa we're on really different pages or wow he they so misunderstood me yeah and you know and it just actually confirms that each of us is coming from our own filter and mm. we're never going to perceive each other how we are intended to perceive one another because we all have such a unique filter and so it's just about really sitting in that space of real discomfort and owning it and finding comfort in it and the truth is it wasn't my partner that had to find comfort in it it was me the growth was all in me and the only other experience that I feel creates that scenario is a sharing circle and I've had people come and sit in circle at events that I've run and afterwards turn around and say to me I have never experienced such vulnerability and I've never felt able to be that honest in front of others and the amount of growth you can experience doing that because you start to really value yourself you start to trust yourself to to express yourself it's a connection um process as well I've done this holding space with my husband when he wasn't my husband Mm -hmm. and um we on your suggestion actually um when I first mentioned that I wanted to do it he he was like what are we doing I said just trust me we're going to sit here I'm just going to tell you what's on my mind but you have to do it back so there was a lot of giggling at the start because I was uncomfortable and obviously I was feeling vulnerable, but I find in past relationships where I haven't communicated effectively, it shuts down in some aspect. I might get frustrated or all of these um, emotions come out because obviously I'm not feeling seen, heard, understood, whatever it might be. So I might just sit there and say, this is what I'm worried about. This is what I'm freaking out about. This is what's on my mind today. But it could be it could be absolutely nothing or it could be something big. Sometimes he's like, wow, there's a lot of lot going on in that head. Or sometimes he gets the impression like, oh, you, you're just feeling a bit scared. And then he has the opportunity to then after he's had his time to comfort me and say like, you know, the thing that you're worried about, let's talk about it. And honestly, if there's a, is, if there's a time where I feel like I'm spiraling in my thoughts, that's one of the best things to do because I feel like I'm back to being connected with him. He understands. I feel safe. I feel good. Like it's actually a really nice, try it. I recommend everyone just try it Mm, because mm. can you do it for less than 20 minutes or does it have to be 20 minutes? I find 20 minutes, it's just the most, like it gives you that discomfort time. If you go less than that, because that's when the gold comes out. It's when you're, you know, when you've hit, you've run out of all the day-to-day stuff to concern yourself with, that you then have that space to move into things that are really below the surface. Mm. So it's meant to be uncomfortable, Kaz. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> just shorten the time. <laughs> and people aren't mind readers too, you know, like um, even in friendship circles or whatever it is, you've got to, you've got to tell people what's going on in your mind because um, a lot of the time our reactions are showing something else that's going on deeper down anyway. Yeah. Um, it's, it's good you brought up the friendship thing because actually I think 
that that is largely where people are more inclined to be intimate without realizing it. I think particularly amongst women, I know that, you know, I, I used to, they call it a girly girl, don't they? And it's just, you know, a female that's got her squad, whatever you call that tribe, but they've got their women and they're really tight and they message each other every other second. And they yeah. are consistently like sharing every thought, feeling and belief. And, and to be honest, not always honestly, but it's just, it's more actually about just creating that connection as you were saying, Kaz. And, and the, the shame I find in that, and this isn't true for everybody, obviously, but what I have come to observe with clients is that where there have been women particularly engrossed in their female friendship group, that their relationships are actually not that deep. They don't have the sticking power because they aren't, they aren't creating that intimacy with their partner. In fact, a lot of women are like, they are scared to do that. They don't feel that their partner can do that or is willing to do that. And in some cases they're probably right, but it's realizing that, you know, it, we teach people how to treat us. And so it has to come from us, the desire to show up vulnerably and you know, as you say, with the giggling, that's exactly right. That's great discomfort. Okay. And we all do that. And I can feel it now if I want to like that feeling of ickiness. I don't, I don't want to open the door to my heart because someone might upset me. They might, you know, mock me for that. And, and the reality is that there's only one way to go with this. And that is courage. You've got to find courage to do it. There's no shortcut. There's no tool I can give to like give you a loop, you know, to slide through <laughs> to just get to the intimacy place. You actually just have to move through that discomfort. But when you move through discomfort, that's where your wisdom comes from because you're learning. Wow. I can do that. I, I have the capacity to hold space for discomfort within me and move through it. So I just want to talk a little bit to, um, you know, families actually around intimacy. So different relations, not just the partner relationship, because I actually think that it starts with the family. You know, my mum growing up, well, no, my mum, whilst I was growing up, my mum was a homeopath and she shared with me once this tool that she used with her clients. And she used to work with a lot of mums <clears throat> and um, she would get the mother to draw in circles how they saw the family unit. And she said that she frequently saw women with their children in one circle, in one bubble, if you like, and the husband, the other side of the page in his own bubble, or the, the husband and son in their own bubble, you know? And so, and it's it was very telling of how families were operating and it basically tells you also how the level of intimacy is being created because we learn how to be intimate from our parents there are or our carers or our guardians they're the people that create the like the the behaviors and the examples of how we show up in that way and so if we've had challenging relationships with those figures in our lives it only makes sense that we're not going to really understand how to do it in a profound way when we get older with our partner. And 
it was just interesting to me that, you know, women had a tendency to gather their children around them. And a lot of, you know, a lot of women who particularly don't work and they're with the kids all of the time and they, they have a really, really close bond. And then the dad would come home from work and feel, you know, that his role wasn't to be that person to the kids. He might be the disciplinarian or, you know, the rule maker. But um, it just, I'm not, I'm just giving you some examples. I know this isn't true for many, many families, but it's more to just demonstrate that the relationship between your parent and child is so profound in terms of how to create intimacy. And I think that that's where it needs to start. It's about a mother turning being and father being able to turn around to their child and say to them how are you feeling with silence not with the desire to then jump in and fix something either which is the natural inclination a lot of time or tell them how they're feeling or explain why they're feeling just allowing them to talk because I think that I don't know if we mentioned but if you're going to hold space for someone and, and use that technique the trick is you cannot interrupt them Mm -hmm. you have to stay silent that's the whole point of it because it's allowing them to just express themselves that's it I can't really think of many scenarios as a child where that happens no that's it and we're not encouraged to generally speaking I mean when we I was an older child I think as well which may not which may have been additionally challenging I don't know but um because as an older child, you're often told to look after your younger brother or sister, you know? And so my, and my mom had a lot on her own mental health plate growing up. So I was never really asked, unless I was crying or in pain, you know, I wasn't often asked, you know, morning Kay, how are you feeling? And no blame on my parents. It wasn't, they weren't asked that either. And that's the thing, we're not blaming anyone or judging anyone here. It's just observing patterns of behavior that are really prevalent. And with the context that this is not a cultural thing that we're comfortable with. Emotions aren't things we're comfortable with. Women are often told you're too emotional. You know, men are are actually not allowed to be emotional. Mm. Their emotional experiences are cut off at the knees when they're young boys. No, 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 you mustn't cry. You've got to look after your sister or your brother, younger brother, you know? So it's just- Strong, you've got to be tough. You've got to be- Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And so I have these beautiful men that come in as clients and they're struggling in their relationships and they know it's because they can't open up and they don't know how. And, And they want to, but, and they're feeling disconnected all over the place, not just with their partner, but with their male friends, because all their male friends are doing is talking about sport, where they've just been, where they're going on the weekend, what they do for work and how amazing they are. But they're not, you know, because it's all that big posturing stuff. Um, but it's not actually connecting. It's not really creating that. It's definitely not a safe space. You know, with most male groups where someone opens up and speaks honestly, they are mocked. And so it's actually all of us recognizing that we all can support one another in this. It's not up to anyone outside. It's just about us allowing people to speak their truth and respecting it, not necessarily agreeing with it. I don't agree with everything my husband says when we do our 20 minutes walk, but I know it's his truth and I honor that. 
And, you know, actually allowing people to have opinions that are different to yours is very powerful. In fact, I think the world would be a much better place if we stop feeling the need to impose our views on each other. And I guess tying to our um, subject last week as well about fear, when I'm just thinking about a, a child that might be opening up in a family dynamic and then the, the parent might be wanting to fix that emotion because they're fearful that for whatever reason. So yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. I have I a client like that actually, who um, she has, she's a powerful lady herself. She has a daughter who's being bullied and, you know, she wants to obviously fix that scenario for her child, but you can't, you know, and, and, and I, I say to her, you know, your daughter is having her own journey. This is, you're the bow and she's the arrow. And as parents, it's our, you know, it's the job to just bring them into the world and give them all the resources that they need to flourish. But we've got to let them walk through darkness to find their own power within themselves. And what was, what's really going on for that beautiful woman is triggering from her childhood where she was bullied mm. and wanting to fix it for her daughter which is completely understandable. But the way that she wants to fix it for her daughter is clearly not the way the daughter wants to deal with it. And so instead of letting the daughter find her own way, she's kind of imposing like, you should do this and you should do that. But from what she's telling me about the daughter, the daughter has a very different approach to this. And, and the advice I've given her is to allow your daughter to, to feel her way. You know, we're all attracting every single experience that we have. We're all manifesting and attracting. And, and it doesn't just start when we get to our teens. It starts the moment that we come into being. And there's obviously experiences there that are going to serve her growth. And it's just about allowing that to, to flourish, whatever that might look like. And, you know, watching my husband make decisions that I disagree with and yet letting him do, letting him. It's not my job to tell him how to be. And yet, excuse me, as a wife, you feel like you should, or like that's kind of, I think, a quite a common belief. And I taught myself to stop doing that. Mm. Even when he was about to go and do something I profoundly disagreed with, I realized I was like, I've got to let him run into that wall because that's when he's going to realize he won't want to do it again. But that must create a nice dynamic within that he feels safe enough to go and do those things and know that you're still there supporting Yes, yeah. absolutely. And that took a while to develop too. Because mm. when we first, we both started our own businesses at the same time and we started off by being very critical of each other. And actually that was very destructive. So it's, it's been a, a growth journey. And now we have more intimacy and more trust in each other than ever. And it's a really beautiful experience. But it does come with time. So yeah, understanding that trust is is basically what we're talking about here trust and connection actually what you said earlier is so true trust and connection and when we are able to nurture trust within ourselves we are then able to hold space for ourselves as well as other people with that example i gave at the beginning when i was talking about us my husband and i doing that process of lying on the you know each other's laps and talking the it wasn't his judgment that was making me feel really uncomfortable. It was my internal judgment of myself. 
Yeah. You know, and it's about recognizing that it's the way we, it's always, <laughs> I keep banging on about it. It's our relationship with ourselves. That's the core of everything. And so it's actually actively developing safety within yourself for your own emotions. And when I, you know, sometimes, especially when I get recommendations of clients. So when someone has come to see me for a session and then they send their friend in <clears throat> and that friend will sit there and, and I'll say to them, so what's, you know, what challenges are you facing? What, you know, what is, what's brought you here essentially? When I get someone that turns around and says, oh no, you know, everything's just fine. I just, I heard so many good things. I just wanted to come. Great. They're obviously not feeling too ruffled, but equally, I know that a lot of people are fearful of, in, of vulnerability. They don't want to actually open up to their emotions. And so what I'm looking at is somebody who's clearly here for a reason and whether or not they know it is up for debate, but it's just then breaching that mm. discomfort they have about showing up honestly. If I have someone come in and go, you know what, Kay, things are going really well, but I felt the need to come and I'm not sure why, but I'm really open to seeing what unfolds. That's a different thing. That's yeah. someone who's really actively aware of their internal environment. But when they come in and they go, I'm fine, then you're, that's alarm bells all over the bloody place. <laughs> I, I, my first impression, they're just, they might be a bit scared to dive into what might that's be it. Like, Or yeah. are they just unaware? So maybe they are unaware that that's the reason. I was definitely one of those fine people. And it was only when I started, when I started doing the energy kind of healing that I realized I clearly wasn't. It was actually when my relationship really fell over. That's when I was like, oh, things haven't been fine for a long time. Yeah. What, what are other ways that um, your family dynamics can show up in intimacy? I, I think of the person that I've got a friend who's she's not a hugger. Hey, mm. Doesn't like hugs. Yes. And I always, I often wonder. Yeah, it would be, it's interesting when someone's very physically withdrawn like that um yeah it can talk to fear around vulnerability mm. because it is a connection thing I actually struggled myself with physical like affection um with other women in terms of like hugging and looping arms which was something that I really had like had to consciously work through because as a child growing up I was really affectionate with my other girlfriends like I was always like I'd walk arm in arm with them all the time and not think anything of it it was actually only when I got to Australia and I ended up working with a girl who was just like your friend by the sounds of it like very uncomfortable with physical contact so much so that if we sat next to each other and looked at the same kind of phone screen or computer screen she would actively leave like a foot between our chairs and and to yeah. the point where it kind of it really that's affected that's my psyche and I just stopped going near her really. And, but then it translated to all of my other friendships. And so this kind of like layer of fear basically became a norm for me. And I only became aware of that in my own journey and then consciously decided to, to shift that, to actively allow myself to be vulnerable. And which meant that I would go for a walk with a girlfriend and then, suddenly loop my arm through hers and I would 
like be observing my body and my energy and be like it's okay okay just relax just relax you can be comfortable in this it's okay it's okay and literally talk myself through it I mean I don't know what my friend my friend was thinking (laughs) exactly probably nothing but internally I was going through this healing and um yeah and that has actually been a journey for me but it's it's interesting with our families recognizing how we're showing up with our siblings and taking control of that allowing ourselves to say something that's really raw and honest and most importantly being willing to be mocked by them for it and allowing that to just happen and not get defensive Mm. because what happens is if you turn around and speak from your heart it can create a really defensive reaction from the person that you're talking to because you're triggering their fear it it creates discomfort for them and so in some cases the reaction is going to be attack because they want you to stop it stop you know stop scaring me essentially what they're saying and if you can hold space for that so I know we keep saying that and I hope that we've you know described sufficiently what that means essentially if you can just allow that person to do it and not react to them and just look at them and shrug or smile or say to them even well how do you feel and they might shut you down they might completely shut you down and mock you if you can refrain from slipping into their energy and joining them and attacking back or mocking back or, you know, closing up again. If you can refrain from that by reassuring yourself and saying to yourself, okay, well, me, this would happen. <laughs> or, you know, it's okay, I'm safe. I'm, they are just reacting from their place. If you can just hold yourself in that, what you may find is an hour later, or even a day, maybe a week, month, who knows, that person will come back to you and they will be honest with you or they will try to broach a conversation that is more honest. Why? Because what you've essentially done is you've signaled to them, I am a safe space because I'm willing to do this. And I don't, I think it's, you know, a common thing where, if you see a person in a group who's showing up really authentically, well, firstly, they're the one that's always liked universally by everybody. And that is because they are being vulnerable, Mm. which we all inherently really respect. And it's, you know, I find it really interesting when you look at the people that we as a culture revere, it's the ones that are being their most authentic selves. And the reason we are so admiring of that is because we have so much fear of doing it ourselves. You watch all those rock stars throwing things out of windows and being rascals, whatever they're doing, largely the reason that we're so, you know, enamored. Thank you. It's because, (laughs) it's because they're just doing them. They're just doing whatever they feel like in the moment. I'm not saying it's necessarily healthy behavior or any of those things, but they are doing them, you know, and that we all are all drawn to like moths to a flame. And it's because it's our birthright to actually be authentic. And it's the judgment that we fostered within ourselves because of the reactions of others that prevent us from being that. So uh, I would like to, unless Kaz, you want to add anything to that. 
You're okay. Okay. I would like to basically talk a bit about how we can start to build that trust in ourselves. And there's two really powerful ways that we can do that. One of them I I have thrown myself into plenty of times is failure. <laughs> so <laughs> failure is a really great way to develop empowerment. And when I say failure, obviously none of us start off with the desire to fail. That's a given. But what most of us do is stop ourselves from doing anything because we are afraid of failure. What I am recommending is that whatever the thing is that you want to do, just do it. And don't worry about the outcome. When we start to let go of the outcome, we start to just do what we want to do. And the reality is that things are gonna fail. But you know what happens? You learn. That's how you gain wisdom. It's through failure most of the time. And the more you do something, the better you're going to get at it. Everybody knows that. that's what practice is. So it's about thinking about all the things that you might have on your to-do list that you've not got around to and recognizing that the emotion or the energy behind those things is fear, essentially. That's what the limitation is. And helping yourself through that, saying things to yourself like, well, I'll give it a try just this once or you know what? I'm just going to try this whole thing out and see what happens. The worst thing that can happen is I fail. Yay. I can try this. I've got me and I'm enough. Whatever the thing is, support yourself. Create that narrative that can really help yourself move through that fear of vulnerability. Have you had many experiences with failure or overcoming fear to fail? 100%. I'm working on a new project at the moment. I'm not going to say what it is yet. Okay. But um, it has taken me a long time to scratch the surface of it because of fear and mm. because um, I'm not sure if I've got something worthy of the right idea. I, tr I now am, am moving forward with this project, but um, on the basis that I'm going to do it for myself and, you know, if it helps one person, great. It's my gift to the world. But if I come from that place, then, you know, anything on top of that's a cherry on top, I guess. But um, what stopped me initially was what will everyone think of it or will it be the right thing or is someone else doing it or – and. And the more I thought about that, the more I thought there are so many great tools out there or products out there that if people had stopped themselves with those thoughts, they wouldn't be out there to begin with. So I'm, I'm just going for it. But there's other examples in my life where I've, I've failed at, at certain things or made bad decisions. And then I've made some really good decisions. So I used to look at women when I was um, younger um, really older, really confident, capable, um, sure of themselves, you know, women around me. And I used to think like, wow, how did you get like that? How did you get so sure? And so, you know, confident. And to be honest, the more I think about it now, it's just life experience. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it's, it's 
getting up, being pushed down, getting up, being a bit more confident about who you are, what you like, what you're uh, willing to take and what you're willing to give. So, you know. There's no one else that's going to ask for it. It's only you. And it's just about whether or not you're going to give yourself permission to do that. Mm. And so if you really want to build trust in your relationship, if you really want to experience intimacy, it's about creating that space and being able to, you know, move through your partner being potentially really uncomfortable with the idea of that sitting on the sofa tool, you know, and saying to you, no, no, I don't want to do that. And maybe saying to them, okay, well, will you just think about it for a while and get back to me? Or maybe we can write each other notes. You know, if being face-to-face with them is too much for them or even you, maybe write a little letter saying how you feel. And just it's just opening up that channel of communication, of honesty, that allows trust to be birthed, if you like. I remember on the failure topic, I remember before I got married, um, feeling... I had no doubts about getting married to this beautiful man or anything like that, but um, I'd grown up in an environment where there was divorce and um, multiple relationships on either side from my parents. Um, And I remember feeling a bit vulnerable or scared about entering into a marriage because in, in my environment, they had never worked out. And I remember actually doing the holding space activity with my husband to be and saying, I feel, I don't have any doubts about marrying you. I just feel scared about, I I've lived a life where I've seen where things can go wrong in relationships and I don't want that for us. And, and it was a really nice connection between the two of us because he shared similar, he's, you know, he's on his side, he had had divorce and um, similar situations. So we actually found out that we had the same fears. Mm. So that created a really safe dynamic where like now we don't even talk about it. So I feel like I've, I've yeah. discussed it and yeah, it's open. It's I can move forward. Yeah. yeah. It's actually really interesting that and I'm glad you brought that up because even though we spoke earlier about families and how intimacy can be or your relation your personal relationship with intimacy can be heavily impacted by the relationship you have with your parents or your um, guardians or whoever brought you up the what i see time and time and time again is exactly that people coming in and saying i can't be this with my partner because the only examples i've had are xyz Mm -hmm. and so the reason i want to highlight this is because it's not your job to reproduce what your parents did. It's your job to choose your own way. Mm. And what you and your partner, what you just described there, Kaz, was you both consciously changing the energy between you both so that whatever comes from your future together is not going to repeat the past. And, and that's our job. You know, it's about us individually taking responsibility. Sure. And I've seen this powerfully with some clients who've been really abused as children and yet having really amazing relationships because they've taken responsibility for themselves and said, you know what? I am not my mother. I am not my father. I am whoever I choose and decide to be. And they've created a really 
powerfully wonderful relationship with their other half. Mm. And it's about really recognizing that it is on us to really own our own emotional environment and make differences, behavioral changes that will create the experiences that we want. So just before um, we finish up here, the other tool I really wanna share with you to support your, um, your inner journey with trust, if you like, is creativity. And this again is something I discovered personally when um, I randomly decided to sign up to a painting course and decided to paint my mum, no less. <laughs> <laughs> And um, uh, full transparency, I did study art at school, um, which was years ago, but I never did painting. I did loads of charcoal. I'm one of those life drawing people. And um, anyway, so I went along and I really wanted to get into painting. And, and so I, and I, and there was a teacher there and she was great. And there was about, I don't know, five or six people in this class. And we're all, we've all got our photo of what we want to do. And so I'm painting away and, and I get it wrong, inevitably, you know, I put, color in the wrong but it's not quite the right tone or whatever it is and and then I experience this sense of oh this is rubbish you know I'm going to stop I can't do this and the teacher's there and she's like oh well maybe just try this you know and and she didn't know what she was doing she was just speaking her truth but in turn what she was actually doing very kindly was supporting me in moving through my internal judgment and discomfort and actually as I continue to just keep going and keep going and keep going. Sure enough, it turned out wonderfully actually. And I sent it to my mom and she hangs it on a wall and she loves it. Yeah. But it's creativity and it, you don't have to be an artist. You can use creativity in any way you like. It's a bit like when we talked about um, changing your room. So that transitional period, you know, when you decide to renovate a room and you pull it all apart and you've got dust cloths everywhere and it all looks a mess but you just keep going and keep going and keep going and then you end up with a space that looks really beautiful it's exactly the same thing it's just using creativity can be with cooking you know recipe whatever it is just moving through that stage of uh-oh <laughs> I think I might have put the wrong thing in the wrong place and just keep going yeah. and you're going to get to where you want to be so are you talking about being creative with yourself is what I'm hearing rather than with someone else to be Just going that? through the, yeah, just going through. Yes, I am. You're right. So it's about, because in order to really powerfully be able to show up honestly with people, especially if you've not done that and, and you feel the people around you aren't going to be supportive of that, then I recommend that you really work with yourself so that when you do do that, you at least can back yourself. So that when everyone goes, whoa, why did you say that? Or don't be so emotional or tries to shut you down. You have it within yourself to say to yourself, that's them, not me. I know that speaking my truth is going to help me. And I am good with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, creativity is a powerful way to work with yourself through that stage, if you like, of doubt and discomfort. Understanding how you're showing up, observing the things that you're saying to your partner, recognizing that there's a desire for something deeper. These are all opportunities for you to start creating a new relationship on a verbal 
level that and the thing is it will inevitably translate to the physical space too so if you wish that your partner was more affectionate softer kinder then start with words you know start with giving them compliments mm. a lot of the time people are just upset with their partners because you know they don't they never say nice things or they they don't think that I'm good at what I do or you know they're always questioning me or they're always telling me what I should do well how are you showing up you know what's the energy you're giving off if it's about taking ownership taking responsibility consistently showing up with your truth your love your kindness your softness you go up to your partner when as soon as you get home wrap your arms around them and tell them that you love them i guarantee they're going to be pleased to see you and they're going to probably say the same thing back you consistently turn around and say to them oh wow i really loved that you did that or that was a really great idea you consistently give that kind of feedback that's the feedback you're going to get mm. Mm. A lot of the time when you're like, say you're getting frustrated, they're probably getting frustrated back. And if you change your, it's the same, it's the same in any situation, whether it's relationships, work, friendships, um, try it and see if you get a different energy back. Yeah. It's, it's called the law. Sorry. Give what you're wanting to receive. That's exactly right. Because universal law of cause and effect is that you get what you give. Yeah. And so, yeah, really think about what you can do actually, just as a side note, before we end here, this is something I get clients to do when I, I tell them about this law. It's to write down in one word how they are feeling about love, their love relationships, their work relationships or work in general, maybe their money, and their family and just one word for each topic and what that word will tell you is how you are feeling about that area of your life and that is the energy you're putting into it so if you look at that list of words and say to yourself well that's not so great then maybe think about how you could shift your energy toward those areas and then see how you feel and what you get back okay so I hope that that gives you another perspective and helps you feel more equipped to deal with intimacy and definitely a few things to try there for you to experience your own vulnerability for sure and yeah and your own inevitable growth so it was lovely to share this all with you and we look forward to having you with us on our next episode and if you have anything that you would like us to talk about any topics you want us to cover please write in to hello at kwilson.love and let us know we'd love to hear from you have a wonderful week and we look forward to seeing you on the next episode please make sure that you subscribe and share with anyone that you feel would benefit from this sending you lots of love guys Thank you. Bye.